Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys, man. Last week we were talking about the marriage in, in the uh, radical chapter, chapter 19 of Revelation. <laughs> what a radical day. Time we're going to have today. Lord, we come before you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we ask in your name, Jesus, speak to us. In your name, Jesus, amen. Listen, man, we're in the book of Revelation, and we're in Revelation, uh, actually, uh, 20. Yo, this chapter is no joke, man. This is a serious chapter. This is where, you know, the enemy, Satan, is bound for a thousand years. And he says in chapter, uh, you know, uh, chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 20, verse 1, it talks about how Satan is bound for a thousand years, but it talks about how the saints, us saints, are going to reign with Christ, in, uh, uh, you know, for a thousand years. And then Satan's going to be crushed. And then we have God's great white throne's judgment. And we see how the enemy is going to try to deceive the nations. He's going to try to, you know, deceive us in this final, you know, in this battle. And so this is radical because, man, we need extra prayer. Lord, just Jesus, give us wisdom and your vision and your, uh, you know, your time today, Lord. We ask that you bless it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Look, we don't know if we're going to make it through this whole chapter. <laughs> so bear with me, guys. God bless you guys. Listen, welcome to Growing in His Word, man. Last week we were in Revelation chapter 19. We were talking about the marriage, the feast, the bride, the church. Jesus coming and marrying, you know, believers and, and having that personal relationship with them. And it was so radical because, you know, we were, I was excited, still am, and we had a lot of people come to Christ recently, but we are now focusing in a way whole new direction. And so we're going to have the, the thousand years, it's going to be, they're going to be the thousand year period, it's, it's pretty much often known as the millennium. And through church history, there's been many different ways of understanding the millennium. Because the Bible speaks powerfully to other aspects of the millennial earth. You know, tragically, the church through, you know, throughout history, though, has often ignored or denied the promise of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So the early church, basically until Augustine, almost universally believed in the early, in the earthly, in an earthly historical reign of Jesus. And so, and, you know, initiated by his return. So, Believers, believe me, man, this is going to be a radical, radical time. Father, man, Lord Jesus, do it for us. We don't know. This is Holy Spirit led. And, you know, I went to Bible college, but, you know, I really, really can't uh, hammer it in you enough to study this chapter. It's really intense. So last week we were talking about Christ on his white horse. We talked about how worship was so important, man. And so how... The marriage supper, you know, was very important. And the marriage supper here is a time of joyous feasting to be enjoyed by the church and especially by the overcomers who will reign with Christ. And, you know, the key is to being able to participate in the wedding banquet. And God wants us to be faithful to him in the end so that we can. And it's through obedience in Jesus Christ that we do this, believers. We're not going to go through the, you know, the college techniques of the technique of revelation on this side of it, but we're going to get into the Holy Spirit side of it. 
We're going to let the Holy Spirit lead. We're not going to get into the college uh, verse by verse side of it because we'd be here for years to come, man. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, we love you, Father. So here we are, man. You know, last, last time we were in Revelation 19 where heaven was exalted, exalted, exalted over Babylon. Babylon was pretty much, you know, taken out. And, you know, the great harlot that was corrupted the earth, uh, you know, with her fornication. And he has avenged on her blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, hallelujah. And that's in Hebrew verse in Hebrew, hallelujah. So God destroyed, you know, the, the Babylon system. There, we talked about the spiritual Babylon and we talked about the physical Babylon. And we talked about how the physical Babylon could possibly be, uh, you know, America. <laughs> People say it's not. Uh, it could be, you know, uh, some part of a country. But we know that whoever it is, you know, God's going to judge Babylon. And, you know, he, he, we, we talked about a spiritual Babylon. And we talked about, uh, you know, this, the, the Babylon system, which was the religious system. Okay? We talked about that in Revelation 18 and 19. The fall of Babylon the Great. We talked about the world, how it mourned the fall. And how they watched it the seashore and stood and watched it get destroyed within that. Like, they cried out with the smoke when the earth... I mean, when that when that part of it was getting destroyed, you know, and it was desolate, we we seen this, and so now we're coming to a final blow where Babylon fell in Revelation eighteen and nineteen, where nineteen heaven exulted over Babylon, and they were like, "Amen, Hallelujah," and we got to the point where, you know, the supper came, and how the you know the. Christ was on a white horse and now he basically we he states John said he saw heaven opened up and a white horse was there and he was faithful and true and we saw the white horse we knew who the, we know who the writer is in this on the white horse it's big time crazy man we know who the lamb is Christ we know that you know the beast wanted to yeah. try to deceive the, the enemy. Read Daniel 7, verse 7, 19, all the way through. But the 10 kings we talked about that were in league with the beasts will be so bold as to make war again, the Lamb, Christ. He, will, he the all-powerful Lord of lords, King of kings, will overcome his second coming. And we talked about the radical events that would take place you know and so now we're coming up to a radical part in the bible revelation uh you know chapter 20 and the beast and his armies were defeated in the in the in 19 chapter 19 verse 17 and we see the uh radical you know just judgment of what God's doing. And it's a radical, dude. It's so rad. I mean, I'm so excited. I, it's, it's just phenomenal what Christ is going to do and, and what he's already done. And so 
We can see through this book how John is on the island of Patmos and how he's excited and he sees the visions and we see exactly how Satan's going to be rebelled and crushed in chapter 20. Such a small chapter, but very, very powerful. Chapter Revelation chapter 20 verse 1 says, Then I saw an angel coming from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for thousands of years and casted him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Listen, you may ask yourself, why would God allow Satan to, you know, Put us through all this stuff in life. Why would Satan be allowed? You know, why would he, why would God allow so much sin and so much hurt? And why would he let the devil be allowed to try to destroy us? And so the answer is simple. And, you know, First of all, the angel here where it talks about, and the angel, let's focus on this, where I saw an angel coming down from heaven. And now, this angel, okay, remember when Jesus was rebuking the man, the demon-possessed man, and he begged him. Remember the demon? He said, please, please don't, you know, don't, don't, you know, basically he begged him not to be sent to the abuso. And this is what uh, where God is going to send uh, the devil to the abuso for uh, you know it means in Hebrew, in Greek abuso is the bottom the bottomless pit and it's it's the shaft it's where the beast came out in Revelation chapter seventeen so we see uh, you know that's why the man where Jesus was talking to the man he was demon possessed and he said send me to the pigs. Send me to the pigs. You know, cast me into the Well, he didn't say, cast them into the swine. Remember? And so, anything but the abuso. And so we see in Revelation chapter 9, Revelation 9, where it opened up. Remember where, where the star fell and the heavenly star fell. And, he, and it opened up and the demons were, were turned loose in chapter 9. And they came, they came, it says, from the abuso. And so... Satan is going to be bound up for a thousand years. And you may ask yourself, um, why is Satan allowed to, mo- to mess with us? Why is he allowed to hurt us and bother us and, and provoke us? Why would God allow this after the Garden of Eden? It's simple. Satan serves as a divine purpose in God's plan. It doesn't mean that God is trying to hurt us, but he's he's saying, look, do you really love me? And do you really want to serve me? People say all the time, oh, I want to do this. Oh, Lord, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And and it's 
it, it's a divine purpose that Satan was made to, in a way, tempt us, but God will test us. And if you look at the book of Job, Job, he had it all. Because Job was faithful, Satan came to God and said, hey, I know that I can, I know, you know, Satan attacks Job's character. Remember that. It says in Job chapter 6, and chapter 1 verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? So God <laughs> is actually telling him, Look, consider this guy, that there's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God? For nothing, does Job, does Job fear God for nothing? Listen to this. It's amazing. No takers. Listen. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So here he is saying to God that he's saying, you know what? The devil's telling God, Job only serves you because you give him stuff. You bless him. Because being a Christian, you're blessed. You can be blessed if you're obedient. And so Satan is coming and saying, look, I'll get him to curse you. And all he does is love you because you give him things, God. And Satan told God that. And God said to him, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, that, behold, all that he has is in your power only. Do not lay hands on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and basically God, the devil took his uh, property and his children and you may be thinking man what does this have to do with you know chapter one it's because satan wants to destroy everything that you have and in revelation chapter 20 satan in, in sin and death are finally eliminated because Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years and a nameless angel comes to bind Satan with a great chain. No one knows the angel. And an angel's coming down from heaven. The angel that subdues Satan is basically anonymous. It's not, the Jesus, it's not Jesus himself nor Michael or Gabriel or any high-ranking angel. But the final important here, importance here of Satan is perhaps indicated in the fact that it's not the Father who deals with him, nor the Christ, but only an unnamed angel. And I think it's done that way because Satan deceived one-third of, his, his, of the angels of God, and I think God's using a simple angel, maybe the one that he tried to deceive. We don't know. But we know that Satan is nothing 
and he was made for God's divine purpose. And so chapter one, all the way to verse, uh, you know, one to verse four, I mean. So one to three is talking about, he's gonna try to, you know, he cannot deceive the nations anymore, and the years will be finished. But they'll be, th- but he will be released for a little while. And verse four says, "And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands." And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed is holy is he who has part in this first resurrection over such. The second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Listen, this is a radical verse right here. Verse Four all the way to five because believers, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's quite interesting that we're living in a society of vast technology and we see how the mark of the beast can be placed on somebody on the forehead and this mark on the forehead and the hands and you know, it's very interesting because when they, when the believer takes this mark, they will not be allowed into heaven when Christ returns. This is the mark of the beast. And it says in the Bible here that it's, that's what's going to happen. However, they're going to, they, they, it says here, and I saw the throne and they sat on them, judgment who committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and the word of God. John's talking to two different groups here. Um, you know, people mix up this chapter because it's lumped together. So they have, this is the post-tribulation position with the souls that are beheaded and the mark, <clears throat> excuse me, on the forehead, etc. But John's talking about two, two, two different audiences here. He's talking about, you know, uh, the church, how they overcome. And that's what's going to happen. You know, see, the church is, you know, when the saints live and reign for a thousand years, he says, and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who'd be been headed for the witness of Jesus, it's, you know, it's who sits on these thrones is the 24 elders representing the church. Revelation 4, verse 4. But Matthew 19, 28 says, you know, or the company of the saints, saints as a whole, like 1 Corinthians. And so, you know, and judgment was committed to them. Perhaps this is the judging of, of angels mentioned in mentioned in, in the 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. But it's more likely that these are pretty much the saints that are ruling over the earth. Because remember, they're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. These saints reign with Jesus for the same period of the time that Satan is bound a thousand years. And so, you know, 
it's reigning over those that who pass from the earth of the great tribulation to the earth of the millennium. So it's 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 radical. We got to get ready. Listen, here's the deal. I want to I don't want I want to touch on this next week, but I want to get into because it's 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 not you know we I, I want to talk about the first resurrection, okay? And you know I want to talk about. We'll talk about the first resurrection next week, but it's the gathering of the resurrection of the life of the bodies to all those who are dead in Jesus. Okay, listen. That's the first resurrection. Okay? This is the res- the, res- uh, the uh, resurrection of a bless- of, of blessing, you know, the resurrection of power over such the second death has no power. This is the res- resurrection of privilege. They shall be uh, priests of God shall reign with him a thousand years. The rest of the dead, those who do not have part in the first resurrection, are not blessed. They are under the power of the second death, and they are without privilege. First, I mean, uh, John 5, 28 says, verse 29, it describes the two resurrections. It says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good and to those resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So these two events, listen, the two events are separated by the thousand year period because of the rest, because the rest of the dead are not given the resurrection bodies until the thousand years were finished. This, believers, listen, this is the first resurrection. I know it's, if the, so so basically, I'll get into that next week, but I wanted to get into the, the fact that why Satan is not destroyed until the end. God wants to test us. And he did it with Job, and he's saying, hold on. Hold on. We're going to return to earth with Jesus to claim the earth. Jesus is going to claim the earth, I mean. He's coming with his blood that he purchased the earth with on the cross. And we're going to reign a thousand years and we will reign with him until the earth is restored like it was prior to the flood. And you guys are going to be excited, man. You're going to be like, wow. But this is why Satan is free so that we can prove our love, a genuine love to Jesus Christ. He wants a genuine love. He takes pleasure in our obedience. God says this, that he loves us and that he wants us to freely choose him. This is why he allowed Satan to roam the earth. And this is why he allowed Job to be beat down and not, I mean, you know, spiritually and physically, but he told the devil, don't you touch one hair on its head or I'll, I'll get rid of, I'll kill you. Satan was scared. And just the mere fact that Satan is scared of God says that we have peace in Jesus. We have hope in the, in the Lord. We have um, hope that the final battle after the thousand year reign of Jesus Satan is released and then he's going to gather an army and when the thousand years has expired, Satan will be released from the prison and will go out to deceive the nations 
which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. And he's going to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. Satan's going to be released for the thousand years. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the direct reign of Jesus over the earth. Satan was bound and, and inactive, but after a thousand years are over, he'll be released and successfully organize many people of the earth and other rebellions against God. And he's going to come against God and and you're going to see God get down and, and there's going to be a, a battle, okay? There's going to be a great tribulation. Listen, he's going to gather them together to battle. Who who And who will these rebels be? Well, they, they'll be those who survived the great tribulation and they're going to enter into the millennial kingdom and their descendants, infants are going to be born during the millennium and will live to its conclusion and will not be required to make a choice between the devil and Christ until the end of, you know, what happens. And so it's a lot of nuggets. But the most important nugget today is the battle ends before it begins. And we are going to see how saints, us believers, are going to be watching this happen. We're going to be blessed but right now we need to be obedient. God wants us to be obedient and he wants us to know that he loves us. Listen, God doesn't want to hurt us, okay? You know, persecution's gonna happen. It says it in verse four. It says the souls who had been beheaded for their witnesses to Jesus, those people were, be, were persecuted also. Listen, Paul the apostle lost his head. I mean, he was beheaded. They tried to cook John in oil, but he escaped and he, and he went to the Isle of Patmos. And this is what we're reading, his words. Man, I'm excited. I just don't know how to say it. So listen, believers, don't let the devil bother you. We need to focus on God's direction and plan in our life and be obedient so that he we can make that right choice to serve him. It's a test. This world is a test. We need to get our eyes off of the worldly possessions and get them on Jesus. We need to get our eyes upon the Lord. Satan's going to be crushed. The thousand years are going to expire and he'll be released from prison. He'll go out and deceive the nations. Believers, and, uh, you know, he's going to gather them to the battle, those who number in the sand and the seas. They went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Listen, the devil deceived them, was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone. And where the beast and the false prophets are, they will be tormented day and night and forever and ever. Listen, then the great white throne judgment's going to happen. You're thinking, wow, this is amazing. And it is. God's not done with you. You don't have to worry. Satan attacked Job's character. Then he lost his, he loses his property and his children. And in the end, you know, God restored it, but he attacked Job's health. He got boils all over. He, he got... Inflicted with pain. And 
you know, Satan told the Lord even, skin for skin, man. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and basically, he wanted Job to curse God. And Job's three friends even went at it, man. Believers, listen. Don't curse God. No matter what you're going through, it's for a reason. I went to the doctor, man, and he told me, hey, listen, you know what? You got basal cell carcinoma and you have a squamous cell car. Actually, you have squamous cell carcinoma. The biopsy came, uh, you know, off, uh, you know, and the biopsy says it's squamous cell carcinoma. Well, what's that? Well, it's a really fast, fast acting skin cancer. We're right on my temple. <laughs> Get it? Temple? We go to the church to pray at the temple? And I believe Satan put it on there. He hates me. I'm doing his work. I'm preaching. And I go to the doctor and the doctor says, yeah, man, we got to cut that out. We do a most procedure. They cut it out. And then as soon as the stitches come off, the exactly date the stitches come off on the other side of my cheek, boom, another one pops up. Same day. I go, oh, my Lord. Yeah, Jesus says, turn your cheek. And I'm like, Lord, another one. And God goes, turn your cheek. Don't worry about the enemy. He's trying to, don't worry about him. I go, thank you, Lord. Listen, believers, the guy goes, I've never seen this. The day the stitches come out, I got another one. So we do another most procedure. Then my lips. It, I praise the Lord. Satan attacks my lips. I get cancer on my lips. I go through chemotherapy on my lips. I go back to the doctor and there's something on my tongue. And the, I, I go, it's the devil, you know. And, and I go into the doctor's office. And finally, the, the, the doctor's like, man, I'm, I think I want to be a Christian now. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling him about the devil. And I'm telling him about the Lord. And I'm telling him about, he's like, dude, I've never seen somebody with so many, so much adversity. And how do you do it? I'm a doctor. And I don't, you know, you're happy. I don't see patients like that that come in here. And they're like, Hugging on me and wanting to take pictures and they're excited about cancer. <laughs> Though you slay me, I'll still serve you, Lord. Listen, Job was that dude, man, who said, I don't care anymore. You took my family. You took my, you took this and this and that. Yeah, he questioned God. But listen, Jesus Christ is in love with you. And I went to the doctor that day and, and I got a clean bill of health from cancer. I finished chemotherapy. My tongue's good. My lip's good. My head's good. I'm good, man. God blessed me. But I went every visit. When I went into that room, I said, Lord, I love you. Whatever the outcome is, I'm ready. I'll serve you. In my death, I will serve you. Believers, are you ready to serve him? We're tested every day, but it builds our character and it builds our strength in him. It builds who we are in Jesus Christ. He shakes the leaves to get our attentions because he loves us. He makes things uncomfortable so that we're not comfortable. He makes it to where we're not comfortable anymore in the church, in the pews all day. Yeah, going to church is awesome. Don't forsake the gathering, but get off of your knees and get out there and tell people that Jesus Christ is coming back and he wants a relationship with you. That's what he wants. He wants you to get out there and be the vessel. Oh, you may think, how can I do it? I'm always on drugs and alcohol. 
Get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, purge me, use me. God is in love with you. Revelation is not a a scary story. It's a love letter that John wrote to you from an angel from God, from Jesus Christ. It's a love letter to the church saying, come to me, be ready for me, marry me. Watch me work in your life. Have a relationship with me. Get your eyes on me. I'm the prize Jesus. I'm here for you. I love you. I want you. Women, marry me. Jesus is saying spiritually, marry me. Forget about the man. Come to me. Go to a godly man. Go look for a man that reads his Bible and fears God. America's not fearing God anymore. And sadly, God is not going to bless America if they don't bless Israel, if they keep their eyes off of God and don't fear God anymore, that's it. And so believers understand that prosperity is good, but you'll fall if you're not obedient to Jesus Christ. And I don't preach the prosperity message. I'm talking about this country's prosperity. We need to fear God again. We need to fear the the Lord. Father, we come before you, Lord, in this time of need right now. Lord, as we end in this uh, verse 10, verse 10, Lord, we ask that you, Father, teach us your word and go before us, Father. Go before the people in this country and all the countries that are listening right now. Strengthen the world, Father. Be with the people who need you, the ones that are suffering now, Father. Be with them, Lord. Comfort them in your name, Jesus. Amen. Listen, believers out there, don't worry, man. We're verse by verse. Get on this program. I got Bible study material on growinginhisword.com. You can go there and study God's word. You can grow in his word and everything's uh, free for you. Listen, log on to Growing in His Word. We're all over iHeartRadio. Thank you guys out there for listening to iHeartRadio and the podcast. What a radical podcast we have. Man, God bless you guys, and I can't wait to see you next week. We're going to talk about the great white throne judgment. We're going to talk about some college stuff. We're going to talk about the college stuff of what Christ is going to do and how it's going to happen. And we're going to talk about the battle of Magog. You know, we're going to talk about you know how it ends and before it begins. We're going to talk about the lake of fire forever and ever, the judgment at the great white throne. We're going to talk about that, man. We're going to get into it, and we're going to we're going to have a great time. God bless you guys, man. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I.